What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today on the episode, we have a special guest, John Vidine. Most of you um, know him from either Gray Duck Dent Repair um, or the new infamous Dent Reaper Tools. Um, but by the end of this episode, you may know him for another reason as well. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me, Corey. It's a yes. pleasure to be on. Fun times, man. Yeah, so we chatted the other day um, in... Um, preparation for this episode um but just how i start every episode how did you find this weird little niche that we're all in man yeah yeah so actually a guy i went to high school with uh worked for a large dealer group here locally he was a detailer and then they trained him into pdr and he got a couple of other buddies of mine that i met just after high school and uh they all worked there for some time and uh, one of them went on his own and ended up training me and hiring me in 2010. I was selling Yelp pages advertising at the time right. and uh, got myself fired <laughs> and uh, rode, rode the unemployment until I was able to push for money. But yeah, I was, I was just pushing at a, uh, a salvage yard lot. Mm. So that's good. Salvage well, that's good tail. training right there. Yeah, yeah. Thrown to the wolves, but so, okay. Uh, so you got to tell us. You can't skip over that part. How'd you How'd you get yourself fired? You didn't quit. You got yourself fired. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. No. Um. So I just was getting a lot of complaints. Like they were just transitioning into some online programs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And to be frank, it didn't work. Like they had superpages.com and all this other stuff and yp.com right yeah, yeah well they were not affiliated with yp.com at that oh, okay point. they might have been bought out by them after they gotcha. filed bankruptcy but yeah either way i was handling more complaints than i was booking selling yeah yeah and once you lose belief in what you're selling um it's pretty it's pretty tough to continue on so I just stopped selling stuff and they brought me in and gave me a warning and I said, okay. And <laughs> just, I, so you, <laughs> I just so wouldn't job. push it, you know, like, yeah. Hey, do you want this advertising? Uh, mm -hmm. no, I'm good. Okay, cool. <laughs> Next. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Okay. So you, so you did that. You were riding the employment train. Your buddy left the group and said, Hey, you want to learn how to push his metal around with metal sticks? And you're like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it actually, it, it hailed that year. It was 2010. It hailed that year. And he was uh, going to hire me as a sales guy to estimate hail cars and get more hail cars for him. And he brought me on a couple ride along days. And I was just, we were standing on a quick bench at the back of an SUV and he was pushing the roof. And I was like, well, this looks easy, man. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I can do this. this Says every dank guy that's ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I might have banged my head against the wall a few times along mm -hmm. the way. But uh, 10 years later, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. After 10 years, it's easy. Yeah. After 10,000 hours of training, it's no problem at all. So you skipped over something and, and I want you to talk about this in the context of, you know, you, you're selling a few things now. You're selling your dent repair business. You have the tools now and things like that. You said once you lose your belief in selling things, it's all over. And that's true. I think beliefs, if anybody listens to my podcast, I have a model or process I use for life. And the first part of that is beliefs, is believing that you're capable, believing in the product, believing, I mean, beliefs are huge. So talk about having belief in, in what you're selling and why, why that's important for growing any business? Well, I mean, I just think people are going to be able to detect if you are not sincere. And if you, if you don't believe in what you're selling, you know, when, 
when I'm selling PDR, I know it is the best possible repair for that vehicle. And, you know, what if the paint's cracked, if there's a scenario like that, you know, I'll explain all of their options to them and just be 100% upfront. But in 99% of the cases, when I'm fixing a vehicle, it is 100% the best way to do it and the most cost effective. And it's just a better repair. So, and then to another level, obviously, belief in yourself and the pricing. I mean, I work with clients one on one, and a lot of times that's that's an issue, right? We all talk about you know, raising prices, using a price guide, using a, you know, Paul Corden, all that stuff, right? Mobile Tech RX, use all that. But it starts at the belief, the belief part. You have to believe that the value you're providing is worth that, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, early in my career, if you would have told me I was going to get the, mm-hmm. the dollars I'm getting now for some of the repairs I'm doing, I would have... I probably wouldn't have believed you, but, uh, as time has gone on and you know, the more I learn and the more I learn about what, uh, collision shop is going to charge for mm-hmm. a similar repair and what it's going to do to the vehicle and, and all of that, it's, uh, it's a no brainer. Yeah. So True. it's yeah. easy to sell for me. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so you're standing on the back of this uh, on the on the quick bench, and they're like, "Hey, teach me how to push instead of sales." So obviously he did, or somebody did. So go back yeah, to that he, point and talk about how you learned. He did eventually, yeah. So that day he gave me a knockdown and said, "Yeah, see if you can push up that dent right here." And he circled one, and I, I don't know, probably just put. 20 high spots. So you, for, for the people that are just listening, he gave you a knockdown and you said you're like holding it in your fist and you're just yeah, pushing was, straight up. No, lev- no leverage or fulcrum, just pushing straight up to see if you can. Right. That sounds like yep, a terrible yep. way to start. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Probably was. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I ruined that dent. I'm sure he, he had to work on it twice as long as he would have, if, if he would have just started it and finished it himself. Right. But yeah, so he did resist for, a little while, you know, he almost tried to talk me out of it. And, you know, eventually uh, he agreed. And I was living in a crap hole of an apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a big, long garage for, you know, all the apartment. All the apartments had one stall, one yeah. stall in this huge garage and I was in the corner and we set up a hood stand and a fluorescent light and uh, I had one dent craft tool green handle with the r4 tip yeah and one uh, pink whale tail <clears throat> and I actually was also given a set of dvds called pdr coach <laughs> yes yeah we did talk about that that's right yeah yeah tom price tom price and michael yeah. hand yep I don't know yeah. if he listens to this. I don't, I don't know Tom one-on-one or anything, but uh, he's not online. <laughs> Those DVDs were never published online. So when I looked to name this, name the, uh, the podcast, it wasn't taken. It wasn't used. It was nothing. It, did, yeah. it didn't appear well. anywhere. And I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't around for those days, but anyways, side note. But so you got, yeah. so you got two tools, some PDR coach, um, DVD training videos and ready, set, go. Yep. Yeah. And so the first day I sat in that garage, I pushed for like 13 hours, (laughs) woke up, my fingers were numb. My pinky finger and the inside of my ring finger was numb. Uh, I almost quit. I was like, I don't know, man, this, I can't even feel my hands after one day. Like, what is this going to do to me? Which it does take a toll physically after but, uh, but yeah, I went to the chiropractor. He said, I pinched my ulnar nerve, snapped me back <laughs> into place and everything was fine. I could feel wow. my fingers again immediately. And I went after back. day one of dent repair, you go into the <laughs> chiropractor. Nice. Okay. But you, <laughs> but you went forward anyways. That's the key right there. Like there's a lot of people just at that point that quit. They're like, fuck this. You're probably on unemployment still, right? At this point, pushing in the corner, you're, you're like, I'm getting free money. Like, why should I work this hard? I'm hurting myself, right? But what, what made you continue go? Like, why continue forward on that? 
Well, I enjoyed the challenge. So before I was ever in sales, I worked as a carpenter. I worked as a machinist. I liked working with my hands and I enjoyed the challenge of trying to figure out how to fix these dents. And, um, I saw how well my friends were doing. They were doing, they, they had a daytime job. They were doing all right. So I figured, uh, you know, if they could do it, I could do it. So totally. So that was the start. And you worked with your buddy for, um, who got you trained for a long time. Yeah. Six, seven years or something, right? Seven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotcha. How was that time? What did you do? How did you learn? And then, and then now obviously people know you from great up dent repair. It's not your buddy's company. So talk about during that time and how you transitioned. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like most guys, I started, you know, rock lots, yep. small, smaller dealers, just all wholesale and slowly graduated into retail and, and more and more wholesale. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of wholesale. So, uh, speed and efficiency were key for me. And then, um, you know, I, I really just started maxing out my earning potential and, and was just looking for a, a way to, to get better numbers. And, uh, I've been, you know, thinking about this for a couple of years by the time I did eventually end up quitting. And, and really the catalyst for that was, um, must have been early October or late September of 2017. Uh, my dad had a stroke and I was actually buying my truck at the time. My brother called me and said, you know, mm-hmm. we got to go to the hospital. Dad had a stroke. They're airlifting him to so-and-so. And, uh, you know, we sat up all night. They, you know, had to do emergency surgery and all mm-hmm. that. And, uh, a long night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Yeah. When we finally did get to see him, you know, his, his speech was more like just noises and mumbles and he was shaken and it was, it was rough. Like, you know, we really weren't sure if he was going to come out of it, which happy to say he is much better now. He has very limited use of his left hand, but you know, he can still walk, talk, drive, that's, do all of it. He's, wow. a, he's fully independent. And yeah. yeah. So we we're, we're very lucky there for sure. So how did that spark the, uh, the, the quitting? Well, it's just, I mean, you see that and you realize that, that nothing's promised. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, when you, you tend to take things for granted, after so long and you know um just at that moment it was it was really eye-opening like you know like I said I had been considering you know how would I go about it what would I do and you know I've been listening to PDR college and and you know I have all these ideas in my head and uh you know and at that time too I was I had been developing what would eventually become the Dent Reaper and uh, that moment also made me decide to put that out into the, into the marketplace Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So it just, it was, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I have all these ideas and, and thoughts and what am I waiting for? Am I, am I going to, you know, am I going to be on that same bed someday? I will be There's, I mean, pretty damn close to it. Uh, and in one form or fashion, and I don't want to look back and regret not swinging. Uh, you know, you strike out in baseball, you don't want to get caught looking. You want to, mm-hmm. you want to go down swinging. Yeah. So can't hit a home run staring at the ball. That That's true, man. That's, that's huge right there. I mean, life is short, obviously like, you know, challenging yourself, putting yourself outside your comfort zone, taking risks and things like that is so important. Because yeah, when you do look back at the end of life, you don't want to be like, man, I felt like I could have done so much more. One of the favorite people, one of my favorite people that I follow is, uh, is Ed Milet. And he puts in, he puts it, a lot of people say this stuff, but the way he puts it just really like resonates with me. And he says that he, he thinks that there's a, when he dies and goes to heaven, he's a believer in God. And so am I, 
But um, if, if you're not, just put this in your own context. But when you die and go to heaven, there's a version of yourself that he created that you were supposed to be, right? And when you go there, he wants you or he wants to be able to God to look at him and say, like, you did it. You reached the fullest potential of what you're capable of doing in this world, right? Not, he doesn't want to go there and be like, man, like you missed all the, like you missed all these opportunities and you sold yourself short your entire life. Like in that, like really, when I think about that stuff, it's like gets me fired up. Wow. Like me as a human, I have a certain potential I can reach. It may not be at my lens. He's worth almost a billion dollars, but I have a certain potential that I can reach. I don't know what that is unless I go do those things to try to strive for that. Right. Yeah. That's um, a, that's a powerful little exercise there. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I kind of feel like the fullest potential of myself would kick me in the shin and tell me to get back all? to work. What are you do? doing? Yeah, for sure, man. I totally get that. But, but those are the things like, and so you, you had that moment, obviously, you know, seeing your dad in that position, you know, made you make changes, um, start your own business, the dent reaper. Um, you showed the dent reaper to some people, right? Yeah. 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 So I did, I sold it to a well, before I ever showed had it, like it on the, the market, yeah. I showed it to uh, my boss at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he said, oh, you know, just, I finally got this tool done. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the one you've been working on, whatever. I don't got time for that. And, like, I'm literally holding it out, like, check this thing out. And he was like, nah. Like, my brainchild, my, like, my ideas here in physical form. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Tell me uh, if you agree with this. And I've been telling this to a lot of my clients and, and I talked to a lot of people about this, but I think it's true, especially in this space in any business, but in this space, especially when you have employees that are working for you, you're not, you, you need to not be just their boss, but you need to be their mentor and coach too. And I, I truly believe that. And that's one of those scenarios that potentially if he had helped you develop it or helped you push it out or, or even said like, this thing's amazing. I'm going to, I want 10 of them to give it to my friend. Like this situation that you leaving may not have been quite as fast or, or quite as messy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say we both could have done a lot of things sure. differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's certainly, Certainly regrets on my side, yeah. but, um, you know, and whatever, maybe I presented it to him wrong. I, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but, I agree. um, yeah, it just, um, yeah. I mean, who knows how, who knows how things could have gone differently, but, uh, but I do believe that if you're, if you're going to have employees in this business that you need to be their boss or their coach, their mentor, everything, you need to be there for them. You need to help change their life, not just take their 40% from them yep. and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I've heard that philosophy from, from employers in many different realms mm-hmm. and it, you're going to end up with happier, better employees if you are encouraging them to be the best version of themselves, you know, whatever that is. And if that means you get two years, three years less service out of them than you might have otherwise, uh, I think I think that relationship will eventually pay off uh, in one way or another. I mean, I mm-hmm. you know, just to know that, oh, well, I trained this guy now, look what he's doing mm-hmm. or whatever. If, you know, I got a kid right now that um, I'm working with and mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, maybe someday I'll be, I'll be very proud of him. Mm-hmm. I hope you're listening, Zach. I want <laughs> the best for you. Yeah. <laughs> like a son. Um, so three years ago, you said October or some like September, October, 2017. So that's about three years ago. You started a gray dog dent repair. Um, yep. what's, what's up with the name? Where'd the name come from? Never asked you that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when you were a kid, you probably played a game. Everybody sits in a circle and you walk around and you say, duck, duck. Yeah. Then what? Goose. You say goose. Yeah. Everybody says goose. You know who doesn't say goose? Minnesota. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> So in Minnesota, we played Duck, Duck, Gray Duck, and uh, my wife's from Iowa. 
So when our daughter first started walking, uh, I'd never even heard of duck, duck, goose at this point. And, uh, but our daughter started walking and I said, well, before you know it, she'll be playing duck, duck, gray duck. And my wife was like, what? What's wrong with you? You mean duck, duck, goose? And I was like, no, I mean duck, duck, gray duck. And we had a, a spirited argument and did some Googling and found out uh, Minnesota is the only state that plays duck, duck, gray duck. So, and really? If you, I mean, if you Google it, there, it's hilarious. a whole thing. And there is, I'm not the only one to use gray duck in the, I mean, there's a gray duck vodka that's made in Minnesota. Interesting. There's, okay. there's gray duck, everything, which um, I, I think when I named my business, kind of like all sorts of this kind of stuff sort of came to a head and there was more and more of it. Uh, there was a, a, a Vikings touchdown celebration where they played duck, duck, goose or gray duck, depending on who you ask. And it was, it was a big thing. It was all over the news and like they went to the Swedish history Institute trying to figure out if it came, they don't, nobody knows really where it came from and why it's different. So, wow. That's a good story. I like that. Okay. That's cool. All right. I had no idea. I was, I just thought you were you know, it's an inside joke or something. Cause I have another business. <laughs> I have another business that's like behind the scenes of real estate and it's named, it's basically an inside joke of ours um, that no one would understand, but it's not front facing. So it doesn't, it's not huge, but, but anyways, that's cool. So three years ago, we started the company and you actually told me on the phone and I'd be curious. And every time I ask this to fact, like a fact check thing, people end up messaging me. So it's kind of cool. But um, you said there was 10 PDR shops within um, your area or yeah rough. pretty close to that okay. i do believe i Maybe mean nine we've got kavanaugh mm. qxl dent works uh finishing touch twin city dent repair seven is, that i can think of off the top of my so head this is just your city like a yeah, 50, the Twin Cities, Twin Cities, the Twin yeah. Cities Metro, yeah. That's a lot. I mean, in Sacramento, we have, I mean, really one that's somewhat well known, um, but there's a couple others that people are using that maybe not full time, um, but they're out there. Uh, we have a shop as well, but it's not. We don't do a lot of work out of. We we ended up going back to basically 100% mobile because that's what people want. So I, it's probably a little bit of the weather. I'm sure Sacramento's a little different. But I mean, I have the range of like over 2 million people and there's like one shop, <laughs> but in your area, there's seven, yes. maybe eight, nine. Um, I'm curious to see if it, it, other areas, if anybody wants to message me and tell me other areas in a 50, hundred mile radius or, or just a city has more shops than that. Um, and you told me why that was, maybe share that with everybody. Well, so I think it, many reasons, like you yeah. stated, the, the weather is probably pretty key. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, a gentleman, Jürgen Holson, mm -hmm. came over here about the same time as Lido, who started Dent Wizard. And Jürgen, uh, Jürgen's Dentcraft, that's another shop I didn't name. <laughs> so, um, but Jürgen, he doesn't work there anymore, by the way, but uh, was one of the, you know, one of the early pioneers from Germany bringing PDR oh. here. And he trained a lot of guys here locally, Don Cavanaugh included, and, um, you know, it kind of, it kind of spread his coaching tree or however you want to, you know, it training is yeah. pretty densely, uh, situated here in the twin cities. Yeah. So one of the originals, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> so you started a company three years ago, you got all these shops, <clears throat> big history in that area. How do, how do you set yourself apart? I mean, how do you, <laughs> how do you get busy when there's already so many other people? It's a question that a lot of new guys have these days. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, when I started, man, I mean, my website was so ugly. If you if you go to my YouTube channel and watch my first YouTube video, uh, everybody would laugh at me like, are you serious? This is how you think you're going <laughs> to get business? You know, what's but, funny uh, is that everybody who has never done something will laugh at you. But everybody who has done something knows that's the only way to start. 
if you wait yeah. until you have like perfectly curated intros, outros, professional videography material to post on YouTube, you're never going to fucking post on YouTube. Yeah. But you got to put those first ones on there and continually improve it. So, so yeah, the people that are, that are, have seen success and no success look back at those YouTube videos and you're like, all right, I get it. This guy, this is where he started. I like it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've thought about taking it down and you know, honestly, sometimes it still shows up for whatever reason. Yeah. It'll show up on the first page of Google and I'm like, Oh, do I even want people to find this? But if it takes them a little further down the rabbit hole, yeah. you know, maybe they get a chuckle out of it or I don't know, but, uh, I'll put, that so, in, yeah. I'll put that in the show notes and make sure I link that for everybody to watch. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, standing apart, I guess, you know, I had worked in the industry for seven years. So I had, mm -hmm. I knew, you know, different uh, dealer, car managers, all that, um, body shop managers, things like that. And, and when I left uh, my former employer, I just, I went on a little farewell tour and said, yeah. get, they're going to take great care of you. Um, uh, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, and mm -hmm. but if you know somebody who needs a dent guy, tell them to give me a call. And uh, you know, I just started beating the street. I mean, I I had cold called before with selling yellow pages yeah, advertising. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me to go into a dealer and offer them actual value was pretty easy uh, in comparison. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you actually believed in it, going back to the original the belief in the product, right? Exactly, exactly. So talk about that. I mean, I work I work with people um, directly one on one. And I know a lot of people ask me too, like, how do you do that? How do you go into dealerships? How many times does it take? What do you say? Uh, what are, What are tips out there for guys who are trying to you know get into wholesale? Uh, I, you know, I I try to be funny because that's if. If we're going to, if I'm going to be working with somebody on a regular basis, I want to be able to have fun. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would go in, my first business cards were circles. They were, and I would give them to the used car manager mm -hmm. and I'd be like, I made it a circles. So it's easier for you to throw in the trash can when I leave, you know, and they, <laughs> they'd be like, what? You know, they, you know, they would laugh yeah, because most of them are going to do that anyway. And, uh, you know, I just, just mess with them and just be like, you know, mm -hmm. and be upfront and, and realize where they're at. Obviously they probably have a guy. I'm sure you got a guy, but if there's something he doesn't want to do or something he can't do, give me a call. I'd like to help you out. Yep. Um, so that's kind of, and so are you, you, know, you visit these people once and then hope they call you back? No. I mean, when I was getting, when I was trying to build my, because what I basically wanted was three or four decent dealer accounts. And um, so when I was trying to build them, I was trying to focus them in certain areas. And yeah, I mean, I would go in three, four or five, times or more i mean i still have one i have a dealer that i have to drive by to leave my neighborhood have to mm -hmm. well i could go the other way but <laughs> 99 times out of 100 i'm going that way and i have to drive by it and i've fixed four cars for them now and you know i i did stop going in because they have this guy that is very popular wherever he goes he's a dent lizard guy and uh i've never i've been into many 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 of his stores multiple times um, not in a while but and just said you know everybody loves this guy so yeah. you ain't you ain't taking jimmy's account you just mm -hmm. you're not he's People love them. So that's good. I mean, worthy, worthy, worthy rivals. I would call them not competition. Worthy rivals because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And when I see that, and I and and that's fine. If you're trying to if you're trying to grow out there and grow your business, and you keep coming across like because that happens probably with you now, and it happens with me. Like I've talked to people who are like every time I go into this account, like Corey from Dempro, and like there's no chance I'm gonna get it right. That's what you want to hear. But yeah. Like, don't go to those accounts. Like 
when I go to, when I hire a new person and I want some more wholesale, like I know which accounts aren't using, you know, bullseye. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Teeth, and, you know, and stuff like that. I'm like, that, why go after, why spend the amount of time necessary to try to even try to take one of those accounts when there's all the other accounts that have a hack or a guy who just started or a guy who's never got better than he was in the nineties or whatever. Like, go right. Down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that, that's just it. You learn those things along the way. And I stopped going to this particular dealership because, um, it's a time I knew that. Yeah. And actually the, the, the reason I have fixed any cars for them is I went in there to get, uh, parts for a hail car I was working on (laughs) and the man, the same manager, surprisingly, because I hadn't been in there in over a year and he recognized me. He's like, Hey, our guy's busy with hail. Can you knock out this door? thing?" And I was like, yeah, I can. I got my tools, my truck right here. Yep. So. um, Yeah. Some stuff's the short game. Some stuff's the long game. That's, That's the long game for you. I mean, Oh yeah. If he ever decides to stop or chase hail or something. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe when that when that uh, that kid of yours that's working for you is ready in five years, you might get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. We will see. All right. So, like we said in the beginning, uh, the Dent Reaper. Where did that idea come from? How did you make it happen? There's a lot of people out there that have tool ideas. Um, how do you How do you do it? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I guess the idea came from basically a hybrid of a bunch of different door tools that I had already had. And like I said, when I was working primarily wholesale for my former employer, uh, speed was the name of the game. Like I had to go quick. So I wanted to just grab a couple few tools, my light and go, 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 go. Or my might've been still my ding board at that point. Yeah, (laughs) probably. But, um, but yeah, so I kept, I just really wanted these three tools to come into one and just be one. So I didn't, so I could just grab that one tool. And, uh, I tried going to different machine shops. I went to school for CNC machining. So I kind of understood that a little bit. And man, I mean, for every for a machine shop to have everything you need to make a PDR tool, you wouldn't think would be that strange, but they just don't. Like really, huh. it's hardly any that I've found. So then I, you know, I was just kind of calling, going door to door. That didn't work out. And then I've had a CAD made, and I was pushing it through uh, online estimators and i was getting crazy prices and guys telling me well we're gonna have to have it we're gonna have to have it ground here and bent here and heat treated there and it's like what why (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah then uh episode 62 of pdr tool time john and maria were on and they talked about making custom tools and uh you know how they would weren't going to take a technician's idea. You know, they wouldn't put it on the market if they don't want them to and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And, uh, at that point I was like, that, that was almost like a sign to me. I, Mm -hmm. I stopped, rewound it, listened to it again. I was like, this is too good to be true. I didn't know they did that. Yeah. And so, yeah, the next day I called and asked about it and they're like, yeah, we build custom tools all the time. Do you know what you want? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll send you a CAD. And they were like, Tom at A1, he's like, you have a CAD? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Most guys just draw a picture on a napkin. I was like, oh, well. Make this for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it took a couple few iterations to get the the tip and and, uh, lack of flex just right. But yeah. Yeah. But that's it though, man. I mean, growing, pushing, creating and all that stuff, like that opportunity, if you listen to that podcast, you know, it never would have been anything if you hadn't gone that far down the road of making the tool. Right. And again, like, don't wait, 
like start doing stuff, start the YouTube channel, start making the tools, start doing something because you don't know, you may not be able to see the end of the path, but it's amazing when you start doing that, what opportunities present themselves, right? Start telling people about it. If you told everybody you knew, you, you call me and say, hey, I want to go on your podcast and tell everybody about this thing. All of a sudden, all these connections start coming in, right? Yeah. To your life. And uh, that's like, that's a huge, that's a huge thing I've learned uh, probably in over the last two years. And that's, you know, that's where I started the podcast. You know, that's where I start doing all these things. Yeah. Well, just like my first YouTube video, if you saw the first, I'll yeah. show you when we're done here. Yeah. Uh, if you saw the first version of the Reaper, mm -hmm. you would be like, that doesn't look like what it. are you doing? This is never going to be a usable tool. Like are, you're just wasting your time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure. I mean, I, I had that thought yeah. <laughs> when oh, yeah. I got it from the first guy who made me one. I was like, this is not what we're going for, but <laughs> Uh, but you know, you just, you just keep pushing forward and, and, and look, looking and searching for ideas, man, Jim Rohn. There we go. There you go. Yep. Uh, solutions are reserved for those who search. If you're not searching for an answer or any way to improve your life in, in mm -hmm. any realm, you're not going to find it. Yeah. If you're just so, wait, if you're just waiting yeah. for something to happen for you, it will never happen. Like you have to go do those things, go get the CAD, go do this, listen to the episode, talk to the person because all of a sudden those things start coming together. It's really exactly. the only way to do it. Um, it's like we're all playing great. a game of 500. If you're not trying to catch the ball, mm -hmm. it's not just going to land in your hand. <laughs> like you got to go for it. <laughs> okay. What, I have to ask this just because of the name of your business. What's the game of 500? <laughs> it might be, I might call it something different. Oh, so wait, you got a football or a baseball. One kid stands, you know, yeah. whatever, 50 yards right. away. Yeah. You throw it up as high as you can. And you they save all try 100, to catch it. 200 or 500. And the, uh, the goal is to get to 500. And if you catch the ball when they yell 500, okay. you win. Right. I've never, I've never heard of that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well. We, uh, we play three flies up. Like five kids stand over there and one yeah. and me throw it and they all have to catch it. Is that the same yeah. thing or something? Different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Basically the same thing. Yeah, that's funny. You guys got your, you guys got different names of games over there in Minnesota. I don't know what's going on. We're walled off. We, we were walled off from the rest of the country. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's too cold for us to. Just making up duck, duck, gray duck games to pass the time, I guess. <laughs> Um, so in light of, uh, of starting new things, you know, putting things out in the world that you're, you're unsure of doubtful, or whatever. The reason I sparked this is because you are starting a new podcast. You bet. I said, come on, John, let's talk about a podcast on a podcast. Like what yeah, better way? Why not? Meta. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. It's meta. So yeah, it's uh yeah. Dense and dreams. So, I mean, like I said, with, with, me starting my own company with mm -hmm. me starting Dent Reaper and so many other things. Mm -hmm. uh, I have benefited so much from all the podcasts that are out there. Uh, you know, the PDR college, PDR tool time, yep. yours, like just on down the line ever since PDR college. And especially when it, turned into multiple companies for me it's like okay i'm listening to every pdr podcast i can <laughs> from here on out and uh you know i just it's just like my way of hopefully i can pay it forward hopefully there's an interview i have with somebody down the line that will help some other guy who knows where and you know if one bit of knowledge can help push another person forward it's just a good way to pay it forward and and a good way for me to continue learning as well like now yeah. i'm not just listening now i'm engaged with uh with the guest and i think i think that will be even better yeah so. no 100 percent. i mean i i get i get tons of value from the guests that i have on my podcast too so i know it's there and, and again, the same, same thing for you is like, if you can change, if you can help the industry, move the industry forward, help 
you know, change somebody's life in that process. Like that's, I mean, that's why we're here doing it. I could talk about this stuff all day, the tools, the stories, the building the debt business. And if someone can listen to it and take that and be somewhere different than they would have been next year, like, come on, man, you can't, I mean, that's what it's about. Right. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Nothing would feel much better. Yeah. No, so I get, mean, go ahead. <laughs> now I forgot what I was going to say. So dense and dreams. What, what, what's that about? Oh, dance and so dance, dance and dreams, dreams baby. baby. <laughs> dance and dreams. So yeah, I, I think it was an episode of PDR College. Yes, which James. we still have to find. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. If somebody yeah. knows which episode it is, please tell me. Yeah. But uh, they were talking, and it might be it might be from another book I listened to, or who knows where, but I, I'm pretty sure it was PDR College. They were talking about how when somebody says, how you doing? Mm-hmm. don't just say fine or good how about you or whatever there's a lot of standard responses you know you walk by the sales manager you walk by the service guy the detail guy everybody mm-hmm. hey how you doing hey how you doing hey how you doing good good <laughs> great super oh, yeah whatever and uh so they talk about just saying something or finding a way to, to stand out and, and be a little bit different so that people will remember you. And, you know, you have, you have this opportunity where you're engaging with this person and most people are just going to, nothing's going to happen. But mm-hmm. if you say something a little bit different, they'll remember you. So that's what you're hoping for. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I don't know how I came up with dents and dreams when I heard that I was just, I would, now people say, how you doing? I'm just saying, you know me, it's dents and dreams. We got, we got cars to fix sunny day or whatever. I'll be like, we got cars to fix. It's freezing outside. That's probably more often than not. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in that season now. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. For sure. So but, dents and dreams, man. I love it. That's dreams, super yeah. cool. So what's up? You're going to do some tool talk. You're going to do some, some uh, interviews. You're going to do some, what's, what you got? Let's hear it. Yeah. I mean, I, the idea is it's just going to be geared towards, you know, how we can better or best utilize the, the skills we have in PDR to achieve our wildest dreams. That's, that's what I'm thinking about when go. I'm doing it. And, uh, and that's the reason I kind of wanted to start it. Hopefully somebody will get a nugget somewhere and uh, they can apply it to their business or their life or whatever and uh, get them closer to where they want to be. Absolutely. So. I'm excited for it, man. I know yeah. you said it just got accepted. So it's, 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 it's up, right. It's out. It's ready to be, yeah, if you search for it on iTunes, yeah. you should be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Apple, Spotify, YouTube, it'll be, it'll be all over. There you so. go. Awesome, man. That's exciting stuff. So I, I like to end the, every episode just getting the opinion on where you think the industry is going. Um, you think we're just beginning? You think uh, 10 years from now, there's going to be too many guys? The retail is going to be bigger, smaller? Which, what's your, I know you've thought about it. Oh, absolutely. I've thought about it. So I don't see any reason it wouldn't grow. I think it is going to continue to grow until we reach a possible tipping point in, in how humans actually travel. So until automated cars get to a point where it makes more sense just to Uber everywhere because there's just robot cars everywhere, mm-hmm. then PDR is going to grow until that point. And then once people stop owning their cars, then PDR guys are going to be more like uh, a farrier right now. You know what a farrier is? No, please explain. So a farrier is somebody who changes shoes on horses. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, I mean, and I don't know when automated highly cars skilled and highly, kit. highly difficult to find. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, they're, they're rare and, uh, 
but necessary because but, yeah, that's, my parents own horses. They're not changing their own shoes. They have right. to call the farrier. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a long ways away, obviously, you know, I for think so. automation to be even approved and then rolled out in a mass scale and then the cars to a price to where people could afford to buy those cars. Cause right now, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think you know, we're, we're talking big numbers, you know, somewhere between 25 and 50 years away. Is yeah, it like, is it even fair for me to give a 25 year window? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We're like 10, we're like 10 to a hundred years away. I would, I would estimate. <laughs> it's somewhere in there. I mean, I would say, I would say yes. I mean, the windows I get for my pricing on dent repair with pictures are very, are very large windows. So I'm okay with large windows. <laughs> It'll be anywhere from about 300 to, to 550 depending on all the factors. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so obviously big outlook, uh, lots of people entering the industry. Um, and I wonder even then, man, if, you know, I don't know, shopping carts would still exist if the doors are going to be automatically opened or that, you know, people are still yeah. going to drop shit on their cars. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's not going to be and as much. Will, as those, now, but will those fleets want their, yeah, their stuff fixed? Yeah. 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 Who knows? That'll be, a, that'll be will, us to determine that for them. Will right? Americans let go of the idea of owning their own car? That's hard for me to put. Like, you could tell me there's a full fleet of robot cars everywhere. All you got to do is push a button. Like, but yeah, but you but, can use that. But if you use that, you have to get rid of all your cars. Yeah. I would say you take your robot fleet. And yeah. You, drive the other direction right but your grandkids might you know might think something different yeah but i agree like it's like i mean cars are second to guns in this country honestly if we have to be if we you know taking people's cars away is 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 close to close to trying to take guns i think yeah um maybe not for the kids kids yeah well Um, that's just it like some of my friends their kids they don't want they don't even want to get their license they don't want a license i know that blows my mind that's crazy yeah i don't understand yeah so maybe yeah who knows but that's interesting i like that i don't think i've had that perspective on the podcast but um you actually mentioned um reading books and i've read a couple books about the future of right like the silicon valley people who are involved in those type of things like those things exist right now but when will they be prevalent right yeah at scale or yeah are are you reading books is books a book's a big part of your life like do you listen to stuff during the day or what yeah it's i i don't read so you listen (laughs) i listen yeah so uh yeah our job Mm -hmm. is perfect for just Mm -hmm. pumping information into your ear holes uh all day long because what else are you going to do? I mean, I mean, after you, after you're that many years into fixing dents and it's mostly second nature, unless you're going to take on those smashes that are very complicated. Yeah. You can yep. listen to stuff all day. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Especially. Yeah. On a wholesale lot, line up 10 cars and just yeah. put a book on. Yeah. And or a hail car. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. So I'm guessing if I can guess, and maybe it's a bad assumption, but, uh, the book consumption is a lot more prevalent these days than it was back in the unemployed days. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. uh, When wireless headphones first became, you know, a thing, Mm -hmm. I don't know when that was 13, 14, something like that. Game changer. Uh, That like changed my life. Yeah. In a big way. Because it because I did then I signed up for Audible and I found podcasts and I was like, what have I been doing mm-hmm. all this time? Like I just been listening to my own thoughts bounce from one side of my stupid skull to the other one, and that's and never like, good. There's al- almost never of- ends positive. <laughs> I've said that to many people. They're like, why are you always wearing those headphones? I was like, I don't not want to hear my own thoughts. <laughs> it's scary in there <laughs> trying to get outside myself that's good stuff that's truth though i mean yeah like we're you know human nature is uh we're geared towards you know a lot of times towards negativity and a lot of times towards seeing the scary stuff like that's what our brain's for is to to keep us safe you yeah. know and i promise you if you listen to your brain if you say i'm gonna go in that dealership to sell to that guy i've never met before and you listen to your brain they're gonna be like don't fucking do it <laughs> 
mm-hmm. you know, but you got to overcome that stuff. Um, and I think books, podcasts, learning from the best. I think books are, you can take somebody's entire life, wor- life's work of 20 yeah. years of experience and read it in eight hours but for, for, for like 12.99. And while you're earning money. Yeah. I'm like, it's not fair to the rest it's, of the world it's, that it's we not. are allowed to earn it's money not. and learn. I a hundred percent at the same time. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah. like I have, I probably shouldn't admit that I have them still. <laughs> if my wife's listening, she's throwing them away right now. But I have books on on a CD. Yeah, somewhere like that's always how I've listened, and and now. I actually have a few of those. I'm, I'm 34, but when I first had, I had a sales job and I drove a lot and I got a Jim Rohn CD series, a Tony Robbins one, a um, couple of those and listen to those things before I could just like plug my phone into my car and, you know, <laughs> get yep. the audio that way. Oh, so crazy like, times. You like Jim Rohn? I love Jim Rohn. Tony yeah. Robbins, you know, I mean, we can go down the list of, list of people. So here's ner- super high-level nerdery on uh, Jim Rohn. A little self-help. Now, I like how you just busted out the quote, though. That was Well, here's how I bust out the quote. So there's this guy on a... On a- Jim Rohn's smoothie mix. Oh, smooth mix. Smooth mix. Smooth this mix. guy named Roy Smooth. Roy Smooth. Smooth with an E. Roy Is that a podcast? No. Oh. So he takes speakers like Jim Rohn and he puts a beat behind it shut up yeah so you listen to that while you're working you it's like condensing their speeches down into like a four minute song and it's kind of cool like that's awesome the what's the name again I want to type it down so I can put it in the show notes and Roy Smooth what was it Roy Smooth yeah Roy Smooth search him on uh, Apple Music you'll you'll find it that's awesome because I, lo- I mean, the mu- music is is a great way for us to remember things. Like, there's a lot of things like it implants in a different part of your brain when you're hearing it with a melody oh, yeah. or beat. So you do that. That's cool. Yeah. Like so that. there's one. There's one. One of his songs where he continually says, "Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better." And mm-hmm. that, I mean, when I was first starting pushing, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it ain't getting easier. You can't wish it to be easier. That doesn't change. Right. Control yep, yep. the controllables. Right. Cause you exactly. can change, but that's it. So, that's good yeah. stuff. I'm gonna check that out. Thanks for that, man. It's really cool. I hope that helps a lot yeah. of people, but uh, he might get another uh, few hundred uh, downloads here in the next couple of days from all the people <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's perfect for a dang guy. I was listening to it today while I was working. So it is. That's cool. Awesome, man. Well, check out the Dent Reaper if you haven't, uh dents and dreams podcast is the newest podcast in the uh series of podcasts out there you know there's going to be different guests that i have on there i'm sure i'll listen to it um so go check that out um i guess still got to listen to the first one i think it came out today but um when i get back to uh pushing dents tomorrow i'll probably probably put that in the ears <laughs> sorry about but, that yeah <laughs> thanks for coming on dude i appreciate it i had fun and hopefully we uh, provided some value to some people yeah hopefully so Thanks much. I had a great time and thanks for having me on, Corey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR Coach or find me on my website at coachcoreyk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.